What's up, everybody? We're here. I see things a little differently. And the next two weeks are going to be a bit different because, as I said last week on the show, um, just taking a little break from, to me, that's what makes things get kind of stale if you don't take a break from them. And that was the thing that kind of got me the first go around with this was it everything just became so formulaic. You know, and there's so many people doing podcasts and YouTube channels. I do appreciate the people who listen to me. I, obviously, I do. I, and I constantly want to grow. It just comes down to just changing things up, just giving you something different to have fun with, to bring more conversation with as well. But also give myself a break because sometimes when you're watching wrestling, you're constantly taking notes. It takes away from the enjoyment for me. And also, I really don't enjoy watching Raw. That's really a that's a job in itself, if I'm being honest. SmackDown is a different. SmackDown, AEW, I enjoy watching. But like I said, it, there comes a time where, you know, I was watching Brian Zane on Wrestling with Regret on YouTube. And... Like if and it's like funny because like it feels like every f- three or four months he's like I'm going on vacation. I'm like how many fucking vacations this guy gets? But then I realize he's just taking a break from wrestling because you're, when you're consuming so much of the same content and and you're doing that for a show and you you have people that you're technically once you get this a fan base you're responsible for that fan base and nurturing it and so. um I see. I think I think that's healthy, you know. And like and like he did, apparently like he doesn't watch wrestling at all. He takes like a week or two off, you know. I'll probably still watch it, but like it feels like, especially with two more pay per views. Because like, as I record this, this is before the Royal Rumble. However, these shows are gonna play after the Royal Rumble, but we still have two pay per views until we no three actually. No, excuse me. Technically, we have four pay per views until we get to WrestleMania, right? We have the AEW Revolution. We have NXT Valentine's Day. We have Elimination Chamber. Then we have freaking Fastlane before WrestleMania. So I would have to imagine the road to WrestleMania on the WWE side is going to be rockier than usual because I'm assuming there's going to be all sorts of swerves and crap like that to compensate for all this time they have in between the Rumble and Mania. Now, obviously, things can be figured out by by Elimination Chamber, but... Then you throw Fastlane in there. I have no clue. I, I've seriously tried thinking about this. What the hell are they going to have happen at Fastlane? Are you are you going to have the the elimination chamber end in the double DQ or whatever the bleep? And next thing you know, you have to sell it at Fastlane. I can only imagine the foolishness with another pay per view before WrestleMania that's going to happen. And then WrestleMania is two nights. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't even know, know what to think. And so I'm just kind of sitting here just like, you know what? I, I need, I'm going to, I'm going to need to take a break. So I'm going to give myself two weeks. These shows will, will be recorded. And I record, and as you hear this, I will have explained the idea behind this, but I want to explain it again. So pretty much here's the thing. I thought this idea, what if AEW and WWE got their pick of the letter of 10 stars? Women, men, whatever, and any 10 stars, there's no trades. It's just for one year, they they say, hey, we want these 10 people, and here's how, and, and, and here's how you're going to book them, right? And so WWE gets 10. There's no trades. They pick what they want. Same thing with AEW. And so it's not for more than a year, but I'm, a, I'm going to book out one year with these particular people 
that if I was in WWE, who I would take, or if I was in AEW, who I would take. I think it's something different. I, I've been searching, I was searching YouTube. I don't think people are talking or have done this. I'm sure they fancy booked out a year or something, but, you know, it's, it's just to take stars and not trade, just, just take them and put them under the WWE banner, put them under the AEW banner. What would you do with them? So this week, we're going to start off with WWE. And then next week, it will be AEW. And like I said, there's going to be 10 stars. I did take a liberty here or there for certain things. But I, and, I, and when I say 10 talents, I, mean, I, should, I, say, I shouldn't say 10 stars. I should say 10 acts because I included tag teams in this um, and, and factions. So 10 different acts. So starting off with WWE, number one, I chose the Lucha Brothers. Number two, Adam Page. Number three, Sammy Guevara. Number four, Darby Allen. Number five, Brian Cage. Number six, Ricky Starks. Number seven, Abaddon. Number eight, Proud and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz. Number nine, Jurassic Express. Number 10, Anna J. So before we get into how I book them, because I'm going to talk about them separately. Now, some of these acts may be connected to each other so it won't be as detailed when it gets to one of them it might just be a, a little detail here and there but for the most part if they're, if they're connected as much as some of them are it won't be as long because it's all connected i try to look at the current rosters no i did look at the current rosters and I just try to see where the strengths are on the aew side you're going to see next week i think i have them i have the notes in front of me i chose four different women or four different acts that involve women, because we all know AEW needs help with the women's division. With this, I, WWE, I had to get more tag teams in there. That's why you have three tag teams. You have to get more tag teams. Also, with Anne and Ab- Abaddon, I feel like I know how WWE would use them. If that makes any sense. So, anyways, so we're gonna start this off by talking about the tag teams, right? The Lucha Brothers. I'm gonna book them out for one year. And now, here's the thing. Not everybody is going to start off in January and end in, and end in December. Some people may only debut in September, and they do that. Now, I don't think anyone is that late, but I mean, you get my point. It's Not everybody will be a full year. Some people will, will be a full year. You know, just how I did it. Lucha Brothers. They would start off debuting top of the year, the first Raw of the year, Legends Raw. There will be a Legends Raw, and there will be a debut for the Lucha Brothers. They'll come in, and they'll immediately attack the Street Profits. Now, the Street Profits do not have a tag team championship around their waist at the time. So they're just attacking them, because I think those those four would have great a great match. They would win, and they would get off to this initial hot start, but then they would cool off. The initial hot start, would it would start that first Raw, and it would end at WrestleMania. That feud with, with them and the Street Profits, like they wouldn't wrestle every week. They would get an initial match at the Royal Rumble, where they would win. They would then go to Elimination Chamber, where they would lose, and then the blow off. And the winner of the blow off would then get a shot at the WWE Tag Team Championships, Raw Tag Team Championships. And in this world, we're assuming there's not going to be 10 different pay per views before WrestleMania. So it's going to be Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, then WrestleMania. So follow me on this journey. They will lose at WrestleMania to the Street Profits. And then they'll go on this cold 
just just cold just cold streak this is losing streak right and the, the reason the streak is it it will take you back to 2000 it'll take you to 2001 where the Hardy Boys, if you look at all the losses the Hardy Boys had between 2000 and 2001 in tag team matches, it was because Jeff couldn't stop taking risk. When they were unifying the WCW and WWE Tag Team Championships between the Deadly Boys and Jeff Hardy and the Hardy Boys at Survivor Series and uh, the final night of the invasion, they had, the, the Hardy Boys had the match won. Matt Hardy had got out of the cage. But then Jeff Hardy, for some reason, decides to, to swanton Devon through the table, he completely misses, and then they pin, and then they pin him, because of how you could have won that match is by pinfall submission or both partners leaving. Well, Matt Hardy left. Now he needs Jeff to leave. So Jeff, instead of leaving, he jumps and ruins their shot. If you just look at every chance they had, major match, it was from that was I'm using Jeff as an example there, but both Hardys took risk and he kept losing. Same thing here. The Lucha Brothers have matches won. But for some reason, they can't stop taking risk, and those risks end up costing them. So finally, after they they finally just they're learning, they're finally like they're finally like learning art. They just start winning a little bit here and there, here and there. They're winning on main event, they, you know, and and they see how they see what's happening when they're winning. They're just putting their neck their their their, their uh, knee on the neck of their opponent, and they're just not letting up. So they realize this. So we get to Survivor Series. Where it's a four-way elimination tag team match. We will find out who else is in that match later on. But they finally win the tag team championships on that in that elimination match. Because they finally get the killer instinct they needed. And they'll end the year with that. Alright? Remember this. Jurassic Express. They would come in and get the, uh, the biggest upset of all time. We're going to treat them like the 1-2-3 kid in 94. Or 95 it was. The, their first match in is against the Hurt Business for the Tag Team Championships. Jurassic Express will win the Tag Team Championships against the Hurt Business. Then they will go on this tremendous hot streak. This 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 undefeated streak. But it's a great underdog tale. Because every match they go into, they'll be the underdogs. Because this is not the Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy version. This is Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt version. Of the now, Luchasaurus is still there and they could defend the tag team titles, but anytime they have a big match, it's Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. They go on this, this streak, they defeat the New Day, they defeat Hurt Business, they defeat Lucha House Party, they defeat Miz and Morrison. They'll keep the tag team titles until SummerSlam, where they will finally drop them to Proud and Powerful. They will then be just be up and down, you know, not not really doing much. But then they will finally win a tag team turmoil match, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, that will insert them into the four-way elimination match at Survivor Series along with the Lucha Brothers. Proud and powerful. They will debut the night after WrestleMania to a huge ovation, a huge pop. They will defeat the Lucha Brothers in three straight matches, and they will be one of the most, if not the most dominant act on the main roster, Raw, as a tag team. And finally, after enough wins, they've defeated everybody. They, they even defeat Jurassic Express in a non-title match, right? There was interference, but let's, we don't need to worry about those details. 
they finally go to Adam Pearce. Say, hey, Adam, Adam what, the, what the bleep, dude? We're undefeated. We have this hot streak. You know, um, we we cooled off their undefeated streak. You know, even though they're, they're the champions, they have not lost in any tag team championship match. They've lost to us. When will we get our shot at tag team championships? Adam Pierce will point out to them, well, you know, you guys kind of had help in that match. Now, the help was inadvertent. They just were, you know, they were just taking some steam, uh, steam up. Herbert was just trying to hurt Lucha uh, House, not Lucha House Party, uh, Jurassic Express. But, you know, that, that, in my book, doesn't count like a, that doesn't count as enough to get you a tag team championship match. Oh, really? All right, cool. So they leave. They leave. All of a sudden, NXT on Wednesday night, they knock on the door, Triple H. Triple H is like, hey, guys, what's going on, Satana Ortiz? Can we talk to you? Sure. So all of a sudden, you see see them in the office. They're like, hey, man, we're not appreciated on the main roster. We only have two years on our contract. We, we're okay with floundering on main event. But since we came here and conquered, literally conquered, and we're being held back, I think we should. I think we should conquer NXT. Triple H kind of laughs. He says, "You think you can conquer NXT? Do you know who we have here? We don't care who you have here. We'll beat them." And they do. Every tag team in NXT they beat. MSK, with current tag team champions, only in Lurks. Every team there's there they they beat them. They're just unstoppable. They're just monsters. All of a sudden, the draft comes up. There's a draft. Beginning of August. Or end of, excuse me, end of July. That'll take place at the beginning of August. And Pierce says, hey, just so you know, Sonya Deville and me, Sonya Deville's helping me out on SmackDown. I have told her I'm going to draft you guys. You guys are my... Number one draft pick as a tag team because the way the draft is broken down, it's now tag teams and singles. They say, uh, We appreciate that, but we don't need it. You're the same guy that refused us two, three months ago, two months ago, of getting our of getting our shine, of getting our spot. You know, we beat the champions. You you punished us for another person's actions. The only way, the only way we'll come up to the main roster. Is that we're guaranteed a tag team championship match at SummerSlam against Jurassic Express. And Pierce doesn't like it, but he, he says, all right, cool. I'll do it. SummerSlam, they win the tag team championships from Jurassic Express. Cools them off. Finally, we get to Survivor Series, that fail four-way elimination match. For tag team championships with the Lucha Brothers, Jurassic Express, Proud and Powerful, and the New Day. They that's where they dropped the belts to dress to uh the Lucha Brothers. That's how their year ends. Abaddon. Abaddon will debut in the women's Royal Rumble. She would come in and make an immediate impact. She wouldn't have to diesel spy, but she would come in and leave and eliminate three or four women until finally Becky Lynch, the man comes out and eliminates her. This will then set up a feud between the two as Abaddon will come back into the ring, whack Becky Lynch with a steel chair, beat her down, which will cause Becky to then get eliminated afterwards. 
This would lead to a feud. She would lose the feud going. She would lose the feud because they had their blow off match at the Elimination Chamber. So you're thinking, man, what's she doing? Well, no, the only reason she loses that match is because weeks prior, her and the Fiend, not Bray Wyatt, not um, Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt, but the Fiend, she would be flirting with him, talking to him and everything. Alexa Bliss notices this. She doesn't like it. It's like, what are your intentions? What are you, what are you trying to do? Why are you distracting him? So she would cost Abaddon the match with, with Becky Lynch. This would lead to a match. A loser leaves the Firefly Funhouse match on Raw between Alexa Bliss and Abaddon at WrestleMania. The match would end in The Fiend coming out and having two heel gloves on. And he would show them to them. And they're both trying to understand what's going on. And then he would just point and one says SmackDown, one says Raw. So he's letting them both know you guys can share the Firefly Funhouse on different days. So we kind of look. And it's a whole weird scene. Because like the match doesn't even really get started. It's more of a spectacle. It's more of a, a cinematic thing. And all of a sudden now, they realize he's saying we can share. So they share, right? This will lead to them not even really splitting. They will then bring, he brings them together. And they have a tag team. They will win the women's tag team championships together. And they will dominate that division for the rest of the year. And the Fiend would just be orchestrating everything. Darby Allen. He will debut on Raw. Excuse me. He will debut on SmackDown. And he'll look around. He won't say a word. He'll show up on Raw. Interrupting Drew McIntyre, who is currently the WWE champion. And when he debuts, it's the night after Elimination Chamber match, by the way. Drew will take immediate offense because now he's like, hey, what are you doing? You show up on SmackDown uninvited. You show up here, you interrupt me, your music is playing. What's what's your deal? Darby doesn't say a word. He says, Do you, all right, I, I know a way to get you to talk. Tonight, I'm going to give you a shot at this. He puts up the WWE Championship. This is what, it's, it's clear why you interrupted me. I get it now. Me and you in a match. These two will have a match, and it will have so many hope spots. It will be reminiscent of the Jeff Hardy Undertaker match, ladder match from 2002, which was a classic, which made Jeff Hardy a star. That was, that, that made Jeff Hardy a star and turned Big Evil Undertaker to a face. After he loses due to a claymore, he will go on a streak of feuds. He will strew, uh, he will just be, and it will be nothing but big men. He'll 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 have a feud with the Fiend, a feud with Brian Cage, a feud with Bobby Lashley, a feud with Braun Strowman, all with mixed results. He won't win them all. He won't lose them all. It it won't be 50, 50, 50 booking, but it'll be a little bit more than that. You know, it'll be like he'll win a couple, but then he'll lose the, the bigger matches because the, the people are just so big and he he's just he's still finding his way. 
he will go into the King of the Ring tournament where he will get to the finals against Brian Cage. He will lose. And once he loses, after all these host spots, he'll finally lose. And Brian Cage will say, you know what? This dude was annoying. I never want to see him again. Now, mind you, the winner of the King of the Ring gets a shot at the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. Brian Cage will injure him, taking him off TV for months. He just completely brutalizes him and takes him off television for months to come. He's He's out. Finally, at Survivor Series, Brian Cage is an elimination match. He's also your current WWE champion. Remember this. So he comes back and he costs him the match. Brian Cage gets eliminated and his shoulders pinned to the mat. So now Brian Cage is pissed. And he wants he wants Darby Allen. But the next night on Raw. Darby Allen says, I think, I think I deserve a shot at the Intercontinental Championship. I might not have won the King of the Ring, but I came close. I think I deserve that. So the Intercontinental Champion comes, not the Intercontinental, excuse me, the U.S. Champion comes out. The U.S. Champion's like, no, no you don't. Where'd you get that from? That's foolishness. Like, you don't deserve it because you came close. This isn't the participation trophy. You don't, you don't, you don't get it, you know, you, you, I, and I'm not giving it to you. So Darby says, "All right, cool. There's no reverse psychology, no nothing like that." He just says, "All right, cool," and he he leaves it be. Which the champ thinks is weird. And I'm, I'm looking at my notes right now because I I know who I mean. Yeah, it was Lashley. Sorry, it's still it's still Lashley. You're a champion. It's still Lashley. And so Lashley says, "You know what?" F this. Bring your little scrawny butt in here. So in one of the biggest upsets of the year, Darby Allen pins Bobby Lashley to win the U.S. championship. Well, the night before, I didn't say it's on purpose, the man that pinned Brian Cage to win his elimination, cha- uh, the elimination match for his team and the sole survivor was Adam Page. So Adam Page is like, I pinned a champion. I deserve a shot at the belt. So he thinks he's getting a shot at this December pay-per-view. But Adam Pearce says, there's still some old business that needs to be handled. You, you, you wait in line. You'll get your shot. But the Darby Allen versus Brian Cage, U.S. Championship versus WWE Championship is too sweet for me to pass up. I have to think about um, the, WWE, the, WWE, the WWE Network getting more subscribers. I have to think about this. Adam, trust me. Your time is coming. Hangman, trust me, time's coming. Page isn't like this. So in this anticipated rematch, it is a U.S. title match, and it's a WWE title match to winner gets all. These guys are beating the hell out of each other. Well, all of a sudden, towards the end of the match, Brian Cage, it looks like Brian Cage may have him pinned. Adam Page drags the referee out. And as soon as Brian Cage hits his finisher, Adam Page comes in, whacks him with a steel chair. He beats down Darby Allen and Brian Cage. And all of a sudden, the pay-per-view goes off the air. Both these guys laid out. Adam Page in the corner, having a shot. That's how Darby Allen's year ends. Brian Cage. 
Cage will debut in the Rumble. He will have the Diesel spot, but he won't win because Cena eliminates him. So now he's going on this rampage. He turns heel immediately, beating down Cena every given chance he gets. Finally, Cena says, you know what? You know what? I'm tired of you. Me and you at Mania. You can beat me down here, but you have you will not take me down on a grand stage of them all. Well, Taz comes out with Brian Cage at WrestleMania. No one knows what this is about. I mean, that's Taz, MVP. Comes out with him. He, he, no one has any idea. He had never aligned himself with her business. All of a sudden, MVP is just out. Thanks to MVP, Cage gets the win at WrestleMania. Well, the next night on Raw, the Hurt Business now are like, what the what the bleep? Who is this guy? You know, you know, is, is he a part of us? You know, so it's, it's a bunch of jealousy and everything like that. And it's a bunch of just because there's no questions. It's just like you didn't consult us before you brought this guy in. So MVP's like, all right, cool. You all right, Lashley versus Cage. You guys need to fight and sell this. So the very next pay-per-view. Backlash. Brian Cage and Bobby Lashley have a fight. Brian Cage wins, but Bobby Lashley gains respect from him. He's like, all right, I I can deal with you. So he's not a part of Hurt Business, but he is in the same, he is being managed by MVP, but but they are aligned. So they they help each other out from time to time or whatever. Finally, what ends up happening is a feud with Matt Riddle begins because Matt Riddle is still beefing with the Hurt Business. Say, hey, anyone who's with them, I'm against them. So Matt Riddle and him end up fighting. And all of a sudden, Bobby Lashley gets pinned one night due to miscommunication. And Matt Riddle becomes a U.S. champion. Well, now Lashley and Cage are back on the outs. Well, Brian Cage tells MVP, look here, I'm going to help you, man, get the belt back. Trust me. I'll help him. So in the King of Ring quarterfinals, Brian Cage beats Matt Riddle, pins him one, two, three. Well, he gets on the mic and says, hey, I just pinned the U.S. champion. I deserve a shot at the U.S. championship. And Perry says, all right, you're right. You'll get it. He says, no, no, I want it right now. Matt Riddle says, I'm not afraid of you. I'll do it. So Adam Perry says, all right, well, it's, he says, matter of fact, since it's my championship match, I'm going to give it to Bobby Lashley. Well, Riddle does not want to back down. He says, I don't care. But before the match can start, all of Hurt Business and Brian Cage beat him down. Lashley doesn't need the help, but why? But it's, fun, it's much more fun doing it this way. So they beat him down. The ref starts the match. Lashley just does, does away with him, wins the U.S. title back. Brian Cage goes on to win the King of the Ring for this year. He goes on to SummerSlam in a great match. He defeats Drew McIntyre. For the WWE Championship. He is now your new WWE Champion. He'll hold that title. And then he'll end up helming. Team Cage. At Survivor Series. It comes down to him and Adam Page. And he and it looks like he has Adam Page dead to rights. Until he hears Darby Allen's music. And all of a sudden. A roll up. One, two, three. Brian Cage is pinned for the first time. As he's WWE Champion. And we know how he ends because we talked about that with Darby. See how that connected, right? Let's go to Adam Page. 
Now, after he, he debuts after Mania, he begins a feud with Matt Riddle, and they end up becoming friends just because they just had they just gain respect for each other. They're they're tag team off and on, but it's more like just hey, I have this tag team match. You want to help out? Sure, but it's not. They're never fully together. He will lose a King of the Queen. What's it? King of the Queens. King of the Ring qualifying match to Darby Allen, but he holds no malice. He's like, all right, I, just, I didn't take him too seriously. He will flounder the entire rest of the summer because of that loss. Because he didn't take it seriously, he loses his confidence. He flounders until September when he comes close to the winning the U.S. title from Lashley. Only thing that, it was a dusty finish. He had him pinned, but his foot was on the rope. He comes this close, and even though he loses the match to Lashley, he gets his confidence back. He's like... I can do this. I can definitely do this. He will finally get that big win at Elimination Chamber, and then he lays out everybody at the December pay-per-view. And next thing you know, the next night after Raw, the next night on Raw after that December pay-per-view, TLC, he said, look here, Darby. You beat me once. I didn't take you seriously. You have that U.S. championship now. I want a shot. Since they won't give me a shot at the WWE, the WWE Championship because you are in the way, I'm going to get in your way and take your title. What will happen? We don't know. It happens in next year. Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks and Sammy Guevara, these two are really connected. They will both debut in NXT as a team in the Dusty Rhodes Classic. They will lose in the first round of the Dusty Rose Classic, which will make Ricky Starks turn heel on Sammy Guevara. He'll put Sammy Guevara out of action for months. After Starks takes out Gargano, he goes to Champa. He takes out Ch- Champa. Now he's he just making enemies everywhere he goes. Well, Gargano comes back after a couple weeks. Says, "You know what? I'm gonna put my North American Championship on the line against you." And Brooklyn at TakeOver. TakeOver returns to Brooklyn. This is in August now. Well, he wants no part of Gargano. So before the pay-per-view even starts during the kickoff show, he attacks Gargano, leaves him bloodied and battered, and throws him on the kickoff show desk. So while they're doing the kickoff show, literally Booker T and Jerry Lawler are just sitting there talking. He throws Gargano on there, and Gar- Gargano is like bloody and blue. They're like, what the hell is this? He's like, that's my match for the night. It's not going to happen. And he walks away with the North American Championship. All of a sudden, his match comes up, and Triple H says, hey, no. Looks like, looks, like, looks like we have a competitor for you. Sammy Guevara comes out. And these two have one hell of a match. But Sammy Guevara wins and gets his revenge on the end, and he becomes a new North American champion. But a couple of weeks later, he, he, Starks comes out. He wants his rematch. He says, hey, look here, man. I need my rematch. I deserve my rematch. So no one's contesting that, you know. He was taken off guard, I guess. That's fair. Sorry, you hear my notes. Um, oh, goodness. thought I ripped all these pages out. I guess I didn't. Anyways. He's saying how he wants his rematch. 
But then Gargano returns. Says, you're not getting it. You're getting me. These two engage in a blood feud from September until December. When they have a loser leaves NXT match. Starks will lose and go to the main roster where he will debut the next month at the Royal Rumble. Sammy Guevara. He is so intertwined with him. So we're going to skip right to the part where he wins the North American Championship at NXT TakeOver in August. Then he will feud with Timothy Thatcher, Tommaso Ciampa, and Pete Dunne. He will defeat all of them. He will he will retain against all of them, more importantly. And he will go into the new year as the, as the North American Champion, where he will headline a ladder match in the following year. Anna Jay. Anna Jay would show up at NXT as a face. She would lose a couple matches and say, this is not working. I need to do something different. As she's leaving, MSK approaches her and says, hey, you were talking about managing? Because we think we can help both of you out. We can help you get better in the ring. You can help us get better with being a team, right? Just all together. She looks at them, walks away. She comes back a few weeks later and helps MSK win a match. In the process, they turn heel with her. And now she's in NXT with MSK. And they're winning matches and she's winning matches. And she's just getting on this winning streak in the women's division herself. Now, to me, the reason why I would bring Anna J in is because I think they could do, I think she's going to do well in AEW as well. But I think, especially with her looks, because she's obviously a stunning woman. But with her, I can see them being her being the Carmella, where she's going to get better as a wrestler. She needs time, but putting her with this group, it only can help. Because they'll all advance and all learn better psychology because of it. But you can get more wins because now Enzo and Cass and NXT were huge baby faces. But I mean, them being Hill could only help her get to that next level. So that when she goes to the main roster, she'll be ready in any singles capacity. So anyways, those are my 10 WWE picks and, to, and what I would do with them for a year. Like I said, some have uh, more detailed... Uh, um, years than others. Some are some are just more straight to the point. This is why I would put them, and this is what they would do. You know, um, I tried not to make them all wrestle each other, but I mean, obviously, you know they're gonna wrestle other people as well. But the main part of the story is how I would use them to further each other, as well as the brand. So. That is my WWE Fantasy 10 pick. Um, now I, I, I can't think of another name. So anyways, next, next, check in next week when we do the AEW side of things. Um, I think that's... I, I actually prefer the AEW side over this. The AEW side was more challenging for me. Being able to utilize NXT and WWE main roster kind of was a cheat code for me. But um, anyways, that's the show. Uh, enjoy you guys' week, man. See you later.